What's up, dreamers? And this week we watched the 1990 movie The Printing, which is a production of Bob Jones University. They put out, I they put out a good number of movies. I don't know. If yeah, I, th- I think they they put out a bunch of different movies under the name Unusual Films. That was like the yeah. film studio name, and they did was, a bunch. I re- I remember watching one. It was about like a traveling preacher called Sheffy, and I remember it being incredibly boring. Like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it, was, it just covers like a couple decades of this guy's life, and I I watched it when I was a kid, and I felt like the movie was a couple decades long. Uh, like a boring um, slice of life. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but this they're, one... They're in the same vein. We watched one of those uh, Billy Graham movies once upon a time, yep. and sort of a similar vein. I, there were, I mean, there were a couple different... Uh, you know, production conservative Christian production companies. I'm assuming were they making these through the eighties? Like you I don't think know. So yeah. yeah. Um but both Billy Graham's production company and Bob Jones as well. I mean they they do because the movie we watched uh the printing, it's a pretty competent movie. So there were like yeah. Christian production companies that were I think committed to putting out at least decent Content. Yeah. Okay. So Sheffy, which is another one they did, the one I was talking about, was done in '77. They did a another movie called A Flame in the Wind, which was about uh, persecuted Christians. That was done in 1970. Okay. This one, the printing, came out in 1990. Yeah. So they were putting these out at the same time that Billy Graham was putting his out. I wonder. Yeah. You gotta wonder if I maybe they thought because Bob Jones is a pretty conservative outfit, and you gotta wonder mm-hmm. if they were disgruntled with Billy Graham being too liberal or something, and decided to put out movies themselves. Yeah, maybe I don't. Always know. gotta wonder about the covert drama happening amongst Christian production companies. Mm-hmm. And Bob Jones definitely did turn on Billy Graham at a certain point. So, oh, did they? Uh, yeah, they Ooh. they were not. Um, they they felt that. Uh, Billy Graham was too liberal because he would do his crusades with like people that were not on the same page as them. Oh, okay. So maybe maybe that is why these started. We should make a movie about that. <laughs> Bob Jones versus Billy Graham. It'd be like the Ford versus Ferrari of uh, <laughs> evangelicalism. Uh. But, but yeah, this this was this has been a movie that I've been wanting us to do for a while, because as often as we do these movies, um, we have all of these different problems with them. And usually we're just kind of making jokes about them the whole way through. And this is one that I remember watching it as a kid and thinking this is like a pretty good movie. Like, yeah, it's and, not- I, and I just watched it for the first time. I would agree that like it it's competent it's a real it's an interesting story it has some good characters in it too yeah um and it's so it's it's a lot different from a lot of the the movies we've done this is no gramps goes to college no like this isn't what is yeah this isn't the sort of movie you watch just to 
enjoy how bad it is. Um, no, and the the it's set in the Soviet Union. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I, it's set in '86. I think is when it first starts. Yeah, and it it follows the basic premise is it follows characters that are involved in secret Bible printing because they've been outlawed by the state. So they're yeah. trying to find places where they can print and then figure out a way to distribute the Bibles to people that really want them. And yeah. I I am having a hard time remembering everybody's names, which isn't <laughs> which with, with Russian stories is it, not uncommon. <laughs> particularly within this movie should have come with one of those charts like the novels do at the beginning. Yeah. To Maybe it did. Track who. Yeah, it very well may have. But yeah, I sadly so don't have the VHS. <laughs> So you've got um, there's two kind of sets of characters. You've got this young guy named Dimitri, who is sort of a political activist, and his father is the pastor of a registered church. You have um, so you have him and his father, and then you have the Bible printing team that you were talking about, which is uh, oh goodness, we we just watched this movie and I can't remember their names. That is incredible. Um, uh, what's the pastor's name? The Bible printer. <laughs> Was it Alexander or whatever the? Well, uh, I mean, you can't go wrong. Uh, should we just Alexander. call him Boris? Yeah. Um, why is it always Boris? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, hold on, I'll, I'll tell you what his name is here in a minute. Um, yes, yeah, so you've got Alexander Yakov. Gushkin, uh, oh we'll go with Alexander. I don't remember what his name is, okay, um, yeah. which is sort of embarrassing since we literally but, yeah. just watched it. But. The Bible printing pastor, Alexander. Yeah. But, yeah. And that's what and we'll the, call him. That may not be, a, that may not actually be his name, but that's what we'll call him. Yeah. And to give a, Basic the movie uh, just uh, for like just basic rundown purposes. The you have the pastor of the registered church, and his son is like this activist. The activist son, we meet him in a, a psychiatric hospital because mm -hmm. he's been sent there because of his. He's just political like a activism. Protester. Yeah. yeah, and then he meets the Bible printing pastor there correct yeah so the bible yeah. printing pastor was thrown into prison because he got the very first scene of the movie is him the the bible printing team being caught earlier like before the plot of the movie and they they catch him and he gets imprisoned it's like the very the introductory scene of the movie and then we cut to the prison where um we find out that this young character has been working as like an orderly uh, to pay off his crimes against the Soviet Union for being a political activist. Yeah, and he's not, uh, you know, un he grew up, his dad is a minister, so he's not unfamiliar with biblical right. teaching. But the, the, the pastor he encounters in the psychiatric uh, hospital does have an impact on him because yeah. he's watching this guy get... Uh, they're basically Butchered. doing ethically questionable quote-unquote psychiatric treatments on this guy to, yeah. trying to get him to renounce his faith and yeah. 
the young political activist fella, he is observing this and it does have an impact on him. And so uh, the son gets out of the psychiatric hospital yeah. and he goes home. And this opens up a really interesting dynamic between him and his father, who's the pastor of the registered church. Yeah. Because as a pastor of a registered church in the Soviet Union, you don't have, you're not answering to God, you're just answering to the state as a minister. Right. So and he's so, only allowed to preach certain things. He's only allowed to, like, none of his congregation can have Bibles. He's only allowed to have, like, older people as members of his church. Right. And his son already has issue with him just because mm -hmm. he's a political activist. He, in his mind, even though the son's not a believer, he feels like his his dad has like it's kind of weak what his dad is doing just because he's not actually standing up for what he believes in. He's he's trying just trying to keep the peace. Like that's yeah. pretty much what the his dad the pastor's goal is. Just to he keeps making reference to I like I don't want to lose my church. Yeah. So there's so we we discover that dynamic, but his son isn't really interested in becoming a believer, but he... Right. He recognizes the difference. So, Yaakov is the name of the Bible printing press, pastor. Yaakov. And Alexander is Dimitri's dad. That's the, the names. Oh, okay. So, we, you early on recognize, like you were saying, that Dimitri and Alexander have this really difficult relationship because Dimitri is not a Christian, but he recognizes in this pastor that he helped torture a real kind of principle and conviction that his own father doesn't have as a pastor. Hmm. And he, so he, he can tell there's a difference between these two men, but he doesn't really know, you know, cause he's not, he's not a believer himself. He doesn't really think that church has anything to do with it. It's really just about being strong and being able to withstand the government. Yeah. But Dimitri does, Eventually, he does uh, get saved. This is yeah. Well, he meets this. Uh, he meets a, a girl, a woman. Yeah. So he no, he goes to his father after he gets back from prison. His father tells him, "Hey, come to come to church with me. You'll see things are different now. It's better. The Americans are coming, and they're gonna give a talk." And Dimitri's like, "Well, I'm not gonna go to church, but I'll go to the press conference with the Americans." And at that press conference, the girl is there to protest. And she has a sign that says, like, the Christians right. in the in the Soviet Union are still being persecuted. And she, like, throws the sign at Dimitri because she sees that he's also upset about it. And that that's how they kind of get connected. Yeah, this American evangelist they have who's kind of giving the press conference, he's, I, I don't, seems he's, to be he, pretty. He, he was a Billy Graham insert. He was supposed to be Billy Graham, right? Oh, I didn't even think about that because he did. He did go to the Soviet Union at some point, I believe. I bet I bet that's what it was. He's that like, is, this is their yeah. dig at Billy Graham. It is, because the Billy Graham stand-in is just like, everything is fine in the Soviet Union, everybody. Yeah. And this guy is super tone-deaf, because yeah. he, in the press conference, he asks, everybody raise your hand if you own a Bible. And it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. dude. Everybody's looking around like, read the room, buddy. <laughs> Yeah. So he's presumably just been taken around by uh, 
the state and shown everything just by government officials has not actually talked with any tried and true believers while he's there. And he just has absolutely no idea what's going on. This is, yeah. I like this. This is interesting. This dig at Billy Graham in this movie. That is what it is. It has to be. Yeah, I, I bet it is. I'll have to look up um, what his actual, what Billy Graham's actual experience in the Soviet Union was. But I, I bet that that's kind of what it was. Cause you got this real, he's clearly like a real popular American evangelist who's there and all the cameras are there on him. And he's just talking about how, you know, different things are from what he heard about how the yeah, Soviet Union is. The Russians, they're not all bad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the the son he witnesses this, and then he, he oh yeah he meets that girl again, and yeah. he she invites him to church, right? Yeah. That's and then she just and, gives him a bus he has to get on somewhere to get dropped off, and then yeah, presumably he, the church will be there. While he wouldn't go to church for his father, a cute girl who's also a protester invites him to church and he thinks actually maybe this time I should go. Yeah, that'll do it. Who, who among us, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he decides to go. And um, so he, he stops at the bus station and one of, one of the funnier scenes in the movie, I think is when he's sitting there at the bus station and this guy comes along and asks him a bunch of really personal questions about what he's doing and why he's going to church there. Yeah. And, I thought uh, it was the KGB. Yeah, it, I think they want you to think that, yeah. but it turns out it's actually the girl's brother who's in, supposed to be meeting him there to, to direct him to how to get to the church. But it, yeah. it's a funny scene. So they get on the bus and they arrive at a patch of woods, and that's where the church service is taking place. It's a legitimate church service. It's not state sponsored, so the gathering is illegal. And so they get to this uh, gathering and the KGB does show up to yeah. uh, disperse the people. They arrest the pastor. And I'm trying to this is. It's not long after this that he gets saved, right? Yeah. So he sees this congregation who are so unafraid of um, the persecution of the government and he's blown away that there's no like there's no terror there's no running and screaming they just continue singing hymns as their pastor is carried away and he he meets up with uh stefan the girl's brother and the girl's name is galena mm. he meets up he meets up with stefan and kind of sits down with him and is like whatever these people have i want and then the movie does do like a legit conversion scene, but it does it a lot differently than um, other conversion scenes. Like it's still, it's, you know, it still hits all the same beats where this guy is not a Christian and decides he wants to become one and someone shares the gospel with him and he becomes a Christian. But it's really um, different than a lot of other movies where he just sits down and is like, OK, I'm in. There's almost like an argument between the two where the Stefan character is like, listen, you this is not a political movement that you're joining. These people aren't unafraid because they have some kind of strength in themselves. Like he's, he, he gives the actual answer to them, which is to him, which is that these people believe the gospel. And so they have a strength apart from themselves 
because their sins are forgiven, because they trust in Christ, and that's how they have that strength. And then it comes up that, you know, Dimitri, who thinks he's strong enough, actually isn't, and was involved in this torture and realizes that in when he was imprisoned and they made him torture this pastor, it wasn't really the pastor they were torturing. It was that they were breaking him and making him do things he didn't want to do. And they actually showed how weak he was as a person when actually confronted with some kind of opposition. Mm. And so the while it does do the typical Christian movie convert, conversion scene, I think it does it in a far more intelligent and realistic way than a lot of other Christian movies do the conversion scene. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I it was just like an it was an interesting conversation to watch. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think it oh, kind of time he, skips ahead there after the conversion. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, it doesn't. He, One of the, he immediately he, wants to go and yeah. tell his father that he's, you know, accepted Christ. And he gets to his dad's church and he tells his dad this. And then he says, I want to be baptized. And his father's pushing for the baptism to be in private because it would be illegal to baptize him without registering him with the state. And because he has a criminal record that it simply isn't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I I think again, the dynamic is so interesting uh, between the two of them. I love that. Maybe my favorite scene in the movie is when he goes to ask his dad to baptize him because at first, his dad is really excited to hear that his son has become a Christian. Like, he's thrilled. But then when he asks him to baptize him, he's faced with this conflict of, I want, you know, I'm joyful that my son has become a Christian, and I want to baptize him. I want to see him baptized. But I also am, you know, basically a shill of the state. Yeah. And I can't go against what the state has told me to do. And there's this real inner conflict in this character of recognizing his own weakness and wanting to um to beat it but it is too cowardly to do so and it causes like a real turmoil and it's from the son's perspective it's Mm -hmm. like you know i finally caught up with my dad you know like I, i we have that we share this thing now but then immediately he realizes, oh, man, I'm ahead of him. Like he's I have to leave him behind, even though it's like we share we do share this thing. I have to like drop this, too, and just keep moving on ahead because they're on such different wavelengths. Yeah. So it's just a fascinating dynamic between the two. of them. It's just it's a really it, the ethical dilemmas that Christian movies often like present are yeah. not terribly compelling, but <laughs> yeah. this is, I don't know. It's a really interesting dynamic to think about because it's not like I became saved. Now my family hates me. It's like, I, like I said, caught up with them, but how it turns out I'm actually ahead. I like, I have yeah. to just keep going. They're going to stay here at the bus stop. Yeah. Um, oh man. Uh, you're absolutely right. That, the ethical dilemmas that other Christian movies present are n- hardly <laughs> dilemmas at all. Most of the time, 
Um, and usually once the person becomes a Christian, every, you know, I, how many times have we complained about it? They have the kid, they get the new job, they, you know, everything turns around in their life. And that is absolutely untrue for this character. Like yeah. he becomes a Christian and is now like his relationship with his father is it's not worse, but there is still this huge rift in their relationship that's not immediately healed because he becomes a Christian. Yeah. It's, you know, well, him becoming a Christian makes it more complicated. It's, mm-hmm. man, it's, like I said, fascinating. And the, uh, the, the son becomes, uh, like a, he works, he starts working with the Bible printing. Folks. Yeah. I think at first he's more of just helping out the church. Cause when he, when the scene, the next scene happens where he, is meeting with Stefan and Stefan has the bag with the Bible printing plates in it. Uh, Dimitri doesn't know what they're doing yet because he asks what's in the bag and Stefan's oh, like, well, right. not, not yet, not yet. You're not ready for this yet. Um, Immediately so I, I, following the, what's the guy, Stefan, that's his name. Yeah. He, uh, the KGB's in pursuit of him and he ends up yeah. passing in an accident. And so the, the torch is passed to the son who has, who starts uh, working directly with the Bible yeah. smuggling operation. Yeah. He, he uh, sees Stefan die, grabs the printing plates and takes them to Galena. Cause he knows that they're involved. Um, and that's when he kind of gets to be a part of this Bible printing movement. Yeah. And the, 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 his dad, the pastor, has a pretty close working relationship with agents of the state. And yep. at one point, they come to the father and say, your son is in trouble again. I think his first assumption is he's doing, like, you know, political protest again or just kind of stirring up trouble. But then they mm-hmm. tell him, you know, he's basically an enemy of the state because he's smuggling illegal items yeah, around. He's, he's printing Bibles. Yeah, and so his his dad doesn't know where he is, but he goes looking for him, and he, he goes to the house where the Bibles are printed, and while he's there, the KGB shows up, and he ends up saving the Bible smuggling pastor by being at, like, a decoy, basically, mm-hmm. and he gets himself arrested it's just it's such an interesting i don't i what i like about this movie too is like that's that's sort of that the pastor's like i don't know if conversion scenes the right but yeah, he just he almost has like his a, own conversion scene yeah but it's a very simple gesture very thankless gesture mm-hmm. like i mean he's just arrested he's presumably going to go to prison or even have to do hard labor for a time and I don't know. I, I what I like about the movie is it doesn't draw too much attention to like the sacrificial acts that happen, mm-hmm. or doesn't. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't make anything overly dramatic, or it doesn't try to. It just lets the things speak for themselves. And yeah, I want. I want to go back to uh, the scene that you just described in the church, where so Dimitri is now involved in the Bible printing. They decide that they're gonna shut things down because now that Stefan's been killed, they know, they know that the people are going to catch them soon. Dimitri comes up with this plan to allow them to finish printing the Bibles. 
And then the, the next scene that happens is this one in the church where General Smirov or um, Smirnov, yeah, as I like to call him, <laughs> uh, comes to the church to try to find the location of Dimitri by basically trying to get convince his dad to sell him out. Uh, and it's a great scene because, first of all, uh, the guy who plays General Smirnov is uh, Bob Jones Jr. and just has a great presence as a Soviet uh, general. Like, he does, yeah. Yeah, you believe he's a Soviet. <laughs> um, but he goes to the church and basically makes it clear to the pastor who thought that if he could just, you know, be patient and keep doing what the government says, that they would leave him alone. The general makes it clear that was foolish from the beginning. Like this is he. I think he even says to him, "How can you call this your church when I can take it away from you whenever I want?" Like this is my church. Yeah. Um, and he like starts tearing up the one Bible that the pastor does have, and destroys like some of the lights in the the church, and tells the pastor, "Give up your son, or everything you have is going to be taken from you." And that's the moment where this this weak cowardly pastor finally is like no i'm not gonna i'm not going to let them take my son away from me and he kind of has this moment of kind of like the conversion scene in the earlier moment except this guy is not you know converting to christianity but he's kind of gaining the backbone that his son always had yeah and he so he decides to go and warn his son um and that's that's where we get to what you're describing where he does this sort of thankless almost almost meaningless gesture like if he hadn't done anything they probably could have escaped almost as easily but he goes to the house and says i want to help i want to do something i want to get back at smirnov just one time like i want to have the upper hand just once and so the the other pastor who's the bible printer is like okay uh you know i don't have time to argue with you and uh so he like helps him pack up the last of the Bibles to to get out of the, the house as they're trying to escape. And I love one of the the lines in that scene when when once all of the Bibles are out, the Bible printing pastor, Yaakov, uh, puts on his coat and Alexander, the boy's father, Dimitri's father, says to him, what are you leaving? You're not going to wait around. And Yaakov says to him, well, we're not martyrs, at least not on purpose anyway. And then he just continues to like get ready to escape. I always I, I like that line because it's not like he's there to try to get caught. Like he's actually trying to get out. Yeah, right. Um. So yeah, Dmitri kind of hoodwinks the Soviets and drives away in a truck that they think the Bibles are in, and so leads them off. Gives the Bible printers a chance to escape. He gets caught. They catch uh dimitri's father because he like you said causes himself to be like a decoy so that the other pastor can escape and then um the boy and his father are reunited at the end of the movie towards the end of the movie in the house um and they have just this moment where uh dimitri's like what are you doing here and uh the general says to him, oh, your dad's in more trouble than you are. And you can see, I love it, you can see on Dimitri's face, he's like, he's almost proud of his dad for being in, yeah. in trouble. Like, he got caught. He's like, what, yeah, really? Like, you yeah. did something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they have this moment of, sort of, even though they're both being kind of carried away, this moment of reconciliation where um, 
the son Dimitri realizes that his father is actually standing up for the truth and not just letting the state control him. And the father sort of recognizes why his son was always the way that he was. And so there's this great moment where the, you know, uh, Alexander's says to his son, I understand. I love you. And then, uh, you know, they're separated, but it, it is something that have any of the movies we've watched done something like that, where it's I, just this, this great character story in the midst of all of the religious stuff happening. I don't think we've ever used the phrase great character story on this <laughs> yeah. podcast before. Maybe the buttercream gang. Yeah. <laughs> Truly human tale. Yeah. Uh, but, and yeah, that's, so that's the end of the story. The, the pastor escapes, they get the Bibles out and the Soviets catch Dimitri and his father. And that's sort of the, the end of it. And there's a lot of details we're skipping, but, and I think it's actually that, that relationship maybe, dynamic is the most interesting. Yeah. Fascinating that's the heart of the, the movie. Story. Yeah. Yeah. And I think actually that, that may be the, the best criticism of this movie too, is there are a lot of things that you could have cut to make it, it's a two hour, over two hour movie and it, it doesn't it, need to be that long. No, it was, it did. It, it was pretty slow moving mm-hmm. story until like but, the, the final 45 minutes. Right. Right. It should have been like an hour and a half, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you could probably do a director's cut of this. That's an hour and a half long and you wouldn't lose much. Yeah, no, for sure. But um, I. But, oh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. OK, the the bigger question, I think that this movie raises is that I mean, you remember the book like Jesus Freaks that came out in like ninety nine. Like, it's just like stories about martyrs or just stories about actual persecution. Like, I don't I, I I'm always after watching this, I just wonder why that like Christian media doesn't lean more into these stories, because I mean, they're you know, it's an inspiring thing to watch, but also uh, something. Oh, if you remember when we looked up God's Not Dead for whichever whatever number it was on Wikipedia, one of the related articles was Persecution Complex. It feels yeah. like the modern Christian movies that come out that are about quote unquote persecution are like the God's Not Dead movies. But like this movie has a pretty it's an engaging story. And I mean from the Soviet Union and other oppressive countries, there's a lot of fascinating and heartbreaking and inspiring stories that come out of people mm-hmm. still committed to the church and committed to, you know, the faith. It's just, it's lost on me why all those stories seem to be largely ignored for the most yeah, part. And in, and instead you get the story about like the kid who his college professor is hostile to Christianity. It's like, yep. yeah, that, that's, you know, the, I'm, that's, that's rough. That, that's not, you know, fun. It's not cool. But it's not quite on the level of I'm going to be killed because I'm printing Bibles for people who do not have them. Right. Yeah. Uh, which I'm, you know, I'm sure there are college situations, especially these days, where yeah. the professors are openly hostile to Christianity. Um, but like one of the things I appreciate about this movie is that it is telling, you know, this specific story isn't true. 
It's not like based on actual events. But a lot of these events that they portrayed were happening in the Soviet Union. There were Bible printing teams. There were people smuggling Bibles. There were, you know, people being arrested and uh, treated for their Christianity. Oh, yeah. And the... And the the church just like working with the state on most occasions, yeah. like the that was I was in uh, Budapest several months ago, and they have a museum called the House of Terror that's just about you know life under the Nazis and then immediately life under communism. Mm-hmm. And they had a whole room devoted to the church and its relationship to communism is interesting, but just a lot a lot of shells and a lot of people who just turned their backs on the faith yeah. entirely just so that they could like the guy in the movie is just trying to like keep the peace yeah yeah i think i uh, appreciate this movie too because um you know i talk about this on another podcast that i have that's more religiously focused uh mm-hmm. which is that so many um pastors and evangelical leaders are this guy like they're terrified to to go against the system or they're working for the system in opposition to you know what the church teaches what christ teaches and uh it's almost worse in a way when the stakes are so much lower mm -hmm. and that's happening you know like the thing about this guy is i you know we'd all like to think that should this ever happen in America, we'd, you know, rise to yeah. the occasion. But his doubt and difficulty and his attempts to maneuver are fascinating because the stakes are, you know, high in the sense of like losing everything and having to go to, you know, Siberia or some awful place because of it. But I don't know. It it, it does put the fact that it happens in a, you know, America, even people kind of just dedicating themselves to the system. It makes it, I don't know, when the stakes are lower, it makes it almost worse yeah. and more incomprehensible. I think that's something that a lot of these movies that we've watched, but this one particularly makes it evident having common, which is that everybody wants to say, oh, yeah, I I could be Joss Wheaton and go to uh, college and confront my professor and stand for the truth and, you know, prove that God's not dead. Or I could go to the Soviet Union and print Bibles, even though the government is trying to track me down and imprison me. Or, um, you know, I could be grandpa and go to college and (laughs) own the libs. But what's so great about, and I I think this movie in particular makes it evident because of the scene with Dimitri in the hospital where he's sort of tricked into complying and with his father, the pastor is that the, the compromises and the, the things that um, will get you aren't like if you're not faithful in the very small things, you're not going to be faithful in the the very big things. Right. Um, Yeah. And what, I, one of the reasons I wanted to do this movie, and I am glad we're talking about it, is because I think this is one of the very first times that instead of just commenting on what the movie does do or not do correctly, I'm actually thinking about the message of the movie and what it means. 
for the right. viewer. No, <laughs> like, no, have no, we ever had yeah, a conversation I, like that with these movies? <laughs> no, I, I do not think so. <laughs> and yeah, so that's that's why I really like this one because it does sort of point you to that, like, yeah, if you think you could be the guy with the printing press who's escaping the government, can you be the guy in the hospital when they're t- when you're told you have to do this torture this person um you have to comply in a very small way that doesn't really do anything except allow you to keep living like keep not being troubled by the government yeah or or whatever quo. yeah can you be faithful in that little thing too hmm um so i yeah it has the movie makes you think that subject matter makes you think. And like I said, it's disappointing that the, you know, people with the resources to tell like Christian stories don't lean into this more. Cause mm-hmm. there's, uh, you know, millions and millions of stories like this, you know, like yeah, just people that have to make that difficult decision. Yep. And like I said, I like the movie doesn't, call dramatic attention to it it's just like the people that are doing right are doing it just because they know that they should and yeah. it's not like i don't know it's it's, it's not ham-fisted no not at all um oh what was i gonna say oh yeah and i think the reason for that the, the reason that this movie because like i said when we first started the, the movie does play into all of the the tropes of a Christian movie. You have the conversion scene, you have the um, like the persecution of some sort happening. You have the 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 like the big bad evil, you know, old man Radisson character who's uh, trying to crack down on the Christians. But I think the reason that this movie succeeds where a lot of those fail is that you have the the story between Dimitri and his father as kind of the central story of the movie. It's not really, I mean, it is largely about the printing of Bibles. Like that's what the movie is about, but the real heart of the movie, what the movie is like the subtext of the movie is about this relationship between a father and son and Hmm. how that relationship is broken and then healed over time. It's not just an overnight thing. Like there's a really compelling uh, process of healing that goes on in this relationship that I, I don't think any of the movies we've watched has even come close to telling a story like that. No. And I, they, they just, they knew what angle to approach in yeah. front. Like it made it very uh, like relatable in some ways, but also just that on a very engaging on a very holistic level. And yeah. instead of just like, I know, they they didn't treat anything as like a a vehicle. They were just, it wasn't like, like mm-hmm. oh we, we, they didn't treat that dynamic just as a vehicle to tell a story about Bibles or vice versa. It, yeah, there's there's nuance to it, and it's I don't know. I was very I was pleasantly surprised. I wasn't exactly sure what to expect with this one, but yeah, the yeah I wasn't sure what you would think of it. Yeah, but the father son character relationship dynamic is. I like I it, I'm thinking about a it made me think about a lot of different things cuz that's a type of ethical dilemma that that the father the pastor has that 
never really considered or it's easy to look at those stories like the you know the pastors started basically becoming agents of the state it's easy to kind of just write that off as like Mm -hmm. you know look at those lousy people but it just kind of opened up the all the dynamics of that and all the just the considerations that somebody would have if they were in that position yeah we often talk about because we're both fans of stephen king's writing and we we often talk about with his good stories the real you know horror or compelling part of the story is not the supernatural thing that's happening it's like the the people and their relationships with each other yeah. and kind of showing the either the depravity of those people or like in the JFK story, it's just a good like love story between these two characters. And the time travel thing is almost unimportant. Right. Um, yeah. And with this movie, I think that's what makes it better than other Christian movies is, you know, General Smirnov isn't really the bad guy in this movie. I mean, he is. He's the antagonist. And printing Bibles isn't really the the goal, the MacGuffin of the movie. What really is important in this movie is that Dimitri and Alexander kind of, they love each other, but there's this rift in their relationship and they don't understand each other. And um, so the like most powerful scenes in the movie are not the escaping with the Bibles or um, even the conversion scene. The most powerful moments in the movie are like that, scene when Dimitri becomes a Christian and goes to his father and says, I want you to baptize me, please. Mm-hmm. And his father, you know, want, he wants to do it. He would love to do it, but he doesn't have the strength to do it. And it increases, in some ways, increases the rift between the two and in other ways decreases it because now they're both, you know, together in the faith. But those right. are the powerful, those are like the the real compelling moments in the story. And all the other stuff is framed around that. And I, I surely I the the writers of the movie must have known what they were doing. Uh otherwise oh, yeah, I don't it, think they would have yeah. been able to pull it off. No, this but would that, be a heck of an accident. Yeah. That's that's what makes this movie um I'm I'm sort of qualifying it because it is, you know, it is a Bob Jones University movie from the 90s. It's not like yeah. a cinematic masterpiece. But that's what makes this one so good in my mind is uh it, it's telling a real story. Yeah, it, it was in the right hands. Like yeah. the people that were trying to tell it, they un- understood how story works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <sighs> let's see. Do we have anything else to say about it? I don't like. I don't have any. <laughs> typically, we'll talk about like certain shots that are really bad or like just out of place things, but mostly they did a, a really good job with like sets and costumes and yeah, it was a the, slow, slow and steady only, movie. Like it, yeah, they kept on the right track the whole time, but you know, nothing, nothing knocked my socks off. Yeah. I think the first hour probably could have been cut down a bit. Yeah, it was, it was a slow little burn. while to get in there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I guess we could, uh, we've sort of given a short summary of the movie. I think we could probably just move into the guiding principles, even though we've talked about some of that stuff already. Do you have yeah, them? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, would you, you recommend this movie to people? Yeah, I, I would. I would definitely recommend it. Um, I think, I think it's a good movie and, um, 
like you're going to get something out of it on the just like if you enjoy Christian movies, it's a good story about printing Bibles under persecution. But it's also just a really good story about a father and a son. Yeah, I would say the same. I would recommend this to people. It was a. I get, it gives you a lot to think about. It'll mm-hmm. probably be on my mind for a little while here. Yeah, and you know, we we've typically used the the caveat like, is this a movie you would recommend to your parents or something like that? Like people who are going to watch Christian movies, and my yeah, like absolutely yes, I would encourage them to watch this over God's Not Dead or something like that. Yes. Did you recast anybody in this movie? <laughs> oh, that's difficult. I would. I mean, I, I mean you do Kirk Cameron as the the son. As Dimitri. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he would do really well in that role. I think if, he would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Bob Jones Jr. as Smirnoff is so perfect that I would not recast him. He did have a certain charisma. Like, he, yeah, his scenes were all enjoyable to watch. Um, and I really liked, uh, Dimitri's dad. He, he plays the sort of helpless old minister really well. He does. I, yeah, this, like I said, competent movie. Everything works yeah. well together. Um, yeah, what I can't you- really think, I can't think of any recasts. Would, yeah, I think. As, yeah, it was like yeah, nice slow steady movie. Yeah. What rating would you give this? I would give this a four out of five uh Bible printing plates. Four out of what was the number? Four out of five. Four out of five. Yeah, I it's, think it's not it's nice to not be able to rate one like as a one or a two for once. <laughs> I know. I, it's it's always most of the time between one to three. That's always the <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think I would give it about the same too. It was a it was a good one. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's, I don't know. I think that's all I got. I've. Do you have any last thoughts or comments? No, about not really. Movie? I think yeah. Um, what are are those all the guiding questions? Did we cut the list down, or are you just going off memory? Because I don't remember them. Just either. going no. off memory. I seem yeah. to misplace my list. <laughs> it's been a while since we've done this over here. <laughs> um, let's see. We we sort of talked about all the like. What does this movie get right? We've already talked about that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just a. This is a different episode for us because typically we're just enjoying sort of the absurdity of Christian movies. But this one, it it hits all the buttons of the things I always talk about when I'm complaining about the other movies where it's like, um, you know, everything didn't just turn out okay in the end. Yeah. Has interesting Uh, characters. Yeah. It's competently made. The writing's not awful. Mm -mm. No, Um, it's... I don't I don't don't really have a whole lot else to say about it. So uh, we appreciate you listening. Yeah. (laughs) And if if you have suggestions for movies, you can always hit us up on Twitter. What is it at Better Day Cast? Yeah. And uh, just make suggestions or do you have any other thoughts, comments about any of the movies that we uh, go over in the podcast? You can certainly just hit us up on Twitter as well. Start a conversation, get a dialogue going. 
Yeah, it's, um, it's called. It's actually called X now, not Twitter. No, I'm. But, I am. I don't think I'm ever going to call it X. <laughs> call it X. Yeah, I, no, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Sorry, Elon. Yeah, one of the things we've done in the past is looked up movie reviews for these movies that we've reviewed. The thing is with this movie, because it's competently made, there are not any really like funny, positive, or negative reviews. Um, the, the one, the one, one star review of this movie on Amazon is, I did not order this movie one star. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love those people that show up, <laughs> throwing the average off because, but, but it's, somebody but it's, in the warehouse was incompetent. It's a verified purchase. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so maybe not as much fun of an episode, you know, you're not going to get as many laughs out of this one, but I would, I would really encourage you if you actually like Christian movies and you're not just wanting to hate on them, give this one a shot. Yeah. It's I on would, YouTube. I would say the same. Um, I don't know. I think that's all I got. All right. Well, like you said, you can catch us on Twitter. Um, please send us a recommendation for a Christian movie. You'd like to, see us or hear us do a review of and we'll be back yep dream on dreamers <laughs>